welcome to season two of the Anxiously Engaged podcast. I am your host, Rachel Curfew. But if we haven't met yet, I'm a wife, a mother, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and a certified coach specializing in anxiety and helping individuals live their life even more anxiously engaged. You might be thinking, what does that mean? Being anxiously engaged is quite the opposite of being anxious. It's about stepping out of anxiety, out of your fears, and out of the shadows of your life, and moving carefully into the light where you get to really shine as you live your life filled with passion, excitement, and energy. Welcome to the show. Do you have a hard time speaking up for yourself? Or overthinking what you should have said hours or even days later following a conversation? That is really common with individuals who struggle with anxiety, especially women. We tend to overthink and overanalyze what we could have or should have said or how we should have spoken up when we didn't or how we shared what we thought was the opinion they wanted to hear instead of the one we really truly felt when our anxiety is high. You see, sharing and communicating our hearts requires having courage and having faith and being vulnerable. And for a lot of women, when we've opened up and been courageous and vulnerable with faith, we've been hurt. And so when we get the courage and the strength up to do it again in another situation at another time, our anxiety alarm goes off because it's like, hold up. Last time you did that, it didn't feel so good. Are you sure you really want to do that again? And that's the challenge. How do we keep showing up if we haven't learned how to turn off our anxiety alarm yet and be able to speak our opinion, speak our truth with confidence and not worrying so much about what other people think? That's tough to do. It can be really tough, especially for someone with severe anxiety. So today, I want to share with you a few things you can do if you're struggling to speak up and to have a voice. Because your voice, your opinion, your words, they matter. They really do. And if nobody around you believes that, I believe that, and I hope you will too. Now, Sometimes in some relationships, intimate relationships with our spouses, if we're feeling not heard and our anxiety alarm's going off, women, we tend to get small or we go into a rage, one or the other. Because we get small because we're beaten down and we're tired of feeling 
hurting and pain and sufferings and so we go small to protect ourselves. Or we've had enough and we're fired up and the bear comes out and off we go in a rage. Neither of those are good. Neither of those help you become the best version of you. Neither of those help you turn off your anxiety alarm. And neither of them help you be the best daughter of God, wife, mother, sister, friend, daughter, whatever roles you play. You're not showing up your best if you're exhausted and worn out from battling, trying to get your voice heard every day. So let's talk about timing first of all. One of the things that's really important is if you've got something to say, and especially if there's any way it could be taken as critical or judgmental or demeaning in any way, shape, or form, you know what it feels like when people do it to you. So we never want to do that to another person, ever. So the first thing is we want to be careful about the timing. Are there times in your day, times in your week that are better if people approached you with a problem than others? Is trying to help your kids do homework and do the dinner routine and get kids bathed and ready for bed the best time for somebody to come to you with a big problem that could feel like it's critical towards you? Of course not. How about if you're having a problem and your husband is um, in the middle of a huge stressful work deadline, working late hours, super tired, problems at work, deadline coming, he's super tired, super stressed. Is that the best time to approach him and say, hey, you forgot to do this thing that I asked you again? Is that the best time? No. So whenever you're trying to use your voice to speak your truth, to share something that you need to share, discuss something you need discussed, I want to make sure you pick the best possible timing. Another reason that we want to be aware of our timing is if you don't do it out of react mode and you take a little bit of time and you make sure that it's the best possible time for you and the person you need to talk to, it gives you time to process and think about what you're going to say. And hopefully if there was some heavy emotion, some of the heavy emotion has come down a little bit. So it's actually a productive conversation versus enraged, yelling, hurtful, reacting to pain. Because you're never going to get anywhere in that moment. You're just not. So one of the things I like to do is to apply what we call the law of common consent. I um, first learned about this from a teacher who was um, teaching about, um, teaching from the Doctrine and Covenants, a book of scripture. And the scripture comes um, from chapter 26, verse 2. And it says this. And all things shall be done by common consent, by much prayer and faith. For all things you shall receive by faith. So think about it. 
if you want to have a good conversation and your anxiety alarm's going off and you're really worried about it, you're worried that you might not get heard, you might not say the right thing, you're worried what the other person will say, what if they judge you, what if this, what if that, the first and foremost easiest thing to keep that conversation a positive and productive without triggering more anxiety is to stop and say, hmm, common consent. That means I need to ask permission to speak to this person. I need to set it up so that it's good for both of us. Now, this sounds silly, especially if you're in a family, but I've practiced this principle over many years, and it is fascinating how empowering it it can be if you practice it correctly. So the idea is this. For example, if I needed to talk to my teenager about something that I was concerned about, something that my teenager might take as critical, they might get defensive, they may not like it, but as a parent, I feel like I need to have a course correction conversation. I need to then respect my teenager enough to walk up to my teenager and say, I have something I need to share with you. Is tonight at six o'clock a good time for you? Whoa, is that something, is that a totally different way than you would normally approach your teenager? Is your teenager going to be like, oh, whoa, what's this? She didn't just come at me and just berate me. She actually is saying, hold on, when's a good time to talk? Because you're saying, I want to have an empowering exchange of words in a, the most kind and loving spirit possible. I'm showing up as a loving mother, not reacting to something you did or didn't do. And I want to discuss it. That's different, isn't it? Think about that with a spouse. What if you walked up to your husband and said, hey, I know this isn't a great time right now, but I have something important I'd like to share with you. When would be a good time for you? Do you have time today? I only need 10 minutes. When would be the best time for you? The great thing about this strategy is your husband then has the right to say, you know, actually, I have this huge deadline. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I just don't think I can do anything today. And then you get the opportunity to say, what day and time would be good this week? Now you're showing respect for him his exhaustion, his deadlines, his feelings, his space. And when you show up from there, he's going to show up more willing to compromise and to talk and to hear you out. Common consent. You never have common consent to show up into someone's space without their permission to yell, to criticize, to demean, nothing like that. You never have permission to be a bully to anybody including yourself. That's what's really fascinating about the law of common consent. You say, uh, Going back to the scripture, it says, all things shall be done by common consent, by much prayer and faith. So if you give yourself time to set this up, to talk to these people in a way with respect, 
And then it gives you time to practice prayer and faith first. The outcome is completely different. And then it says, for all things you shall receive by faith. So if you show up with faith, with a prayer in your heart, having practiced common consent and making sure that, that, that you have the other person's permission to talk with them and to share something with them, now your communication is going to be a whole lot easier. It's really a beautiful process. When you do show up to that scheduled meeting, that scheduled conversation, you want to be careful of your tone and your body language. Remember, we speak more with our tone and our body than we actually do with words. So is your tone sharp? Are you being short? Are you being loud? Are you being snappy? Like think about the sound and the the volume that's coming out of your mouth. Nobody is comfortable and willing to compromise if you're being harsh, loud, and that tone is hard. Or if your arms are crossed and your legs are crossed or your hands are on your hip, something that's saying, I am in defensive, angry, reactive posture. Open up your hands, place them in your lap, sit down. Stay calm. Keep that faith and prayer in your heart. You'll be able to share so much more. Now, if you are sitting down with your hands in your heart, you've got the faith, you've got your prayer, your spirit's in the right space, and you go to open up and share something, now, you've also had time to think about what you want to say because you scheduled some time, you've thought about it, the chances of your anxiety alarm going off are much, much smaller. And again, your outcome more successful. A word of caution though, when you're sharing your thoughts and feelings, you've heard jokes about this on TV as they show therapy sessions and they say, don't say you, don't blame, (laughs) things like that. Use statements like, I feel, I believe, it's my understanding. And we make kind of fun of those. But you know what? They're very good ways of speaking because they keep you in your heart. I am feeling hurt today because I experienced this. Now, if somebody came at you and said, I am so mad because you did this and you did this and you hurt me and you weren't thinking and you were being selfish. Are you going to be really open to that? Are you really going to hear what their hurt is what and what they're trying to express? No, of course not. Of course not. Speak to them like you would be spoke like to be spoken to as well. Also, you want to avoid words like you always you never. Using words like always and never allow no room for flexibility, no room for compromise, and more importantly, no room for forgiveness. Always speak the truth, but don't do it from a place of being a victim or blame. When you fall into victim mode and you tell a story of being a victim 
or when you use words that are hurtful and blaming the other person, even if they did something wrong, you're still not going to get the compromises or a changed result or a changed behavior by attacking someone that way. Again, speak to them how you would like to be spoken to. If you're going to get your courage and faith up and actually share something and you want it to be impactful without your anxiety, without something that you have to go back and think and overthink and overthink for days on end, if you want something, a positive outcome to felt heard, to felt loved, you must do that for the other person. That is how you need to treat them too. Now, here's one more. If you show up with a scheduled time, it's you have common consent from both of you for the time and the location of where you're going to talk. And you have started with faith and a prayer in your heart. You're sitting down, your hands are open, your heart is open, your ears are open. You're using kind language, even if you're discussing something difficult. And then what's really amazing is you now become what we call teachable. I personally believe that Heavenly Father wants us to be teachable. He doesn't care if we make mistakes as long as we're open to learning, to changing. In fact, he knows we're going to make mistakes. So it's about being teachable. Are our hearts open enough that we can learn something in these moments? We're improving our conversation skills, our communication skills. Even with anxiety, even with fears, are we open to learn? Are we teachable? So those are some of the top tips that I use with my clients and I even use myself when I want to communicate or share something that's important or even difficult so that my anxiety alarm doesn't go off as much. Now, we can simplify this whole thing by asking a really important question. Is my heart at war or is my heart at peace? If those were the only two choices every day, are you at war or are you at peace? Now, sometimes when somebody says or does something to us, we feel like we have to go to battle because they came at us with a heart of war and that we have to go on the defensive and we've got to fight. Maybe that's true, but maybe it's not. Not every situation requires, even if one person in a conversation is at war, the other person can keep their heart in peace. Does that mean being weak or allowing somebody to step on you or walk all over you or control you? Of course not. Peace can be strong. Peace can be powerful. Peace means you can still speak up for yourself and have opinions. It means doing it with the right spirit. And that's what's really important here. Now, going back to 
sometimes when we have anxiety, it's really hard to share those thoughts and feelings. That's okay. That's part of learning how to communicate better. It's, you know, you practice these things while you're learning how to turn off your anxiety alarm. And my clients learn that in the anxiety is a gift course. They learn it the very first week and their life starts to change right away. But while you're learning those skills, make sure that you practice these things we talked about today, the timing, the common consent, the tone, the body language. Careful with your words not to be blaming or accusing, but don't be a victim either. Be open and teachable and have a heart of peace. As you practice speaking from that space, there is no room for anxiety. Your alarm will not be triggered near as much, if at all. Now, one of the things we also wanna be careful with though, is we want to give other people and treat other people the same way we would want to be treated, right? I mentioned that earlier. So think about what if somebody else has anxiety? What if somebody else needs to talk to you about something and they're worried to approach you? Are you approachable? Or is your heart at war so much that people are scared to come up and share their feelings? Can your teenager come up and be honest and clear with you? What about a sibling? What about a friend? What about a coworker? Like we need to be really careful not just about how we want to be communicated to, but how we're communicating with others. I want to share a quote by um, Jeffrey Holland, and he says this. It's powerful. Brace yourself. When I heard, first read this, I was so, um, uh, I, I don't even know what the word is. It just was really strong. But I want to share it with you, not to give you um, that same shocking feeling that I had, but more just so that you can think about, is your heart at war or is your heart at peace when people are trying to talk to you? So he starts off talking about, uh, he addresses women and then he says to these women, what of the unbridled tongue in your mouth of the power for good or ill in your words. How is it that such a lovely voice, which by divine nature is so angelic, so close to the veil, so instinctively gentle and inherently kind, could ever in turn be so shrill, so biting, so untamed? A woman's words can be more piercing than any dagger ever forged, and they can drive the people they love to retreat beyond a barrier more distant than any one in the beginning of that exchange could ever have imagined. Sisters, there is no place in that magnificent spirit of yours for abrasive expression of any kind, including gossip, or backbiting or catty remarks. Let it never be said of our home or our ward or our neighborhood that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity burning among our members. Powerful quote, isn't it? 
Again, that's by Elder Holland in a talk he gave called The Tongue of Angels. Please make sure that whether you're um, on the giving or the receiving end of a conversation, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle speaking your words, sharing your opinion, please keep in your heart the spirit of peace. Be approachable, be teachable, be open, and your communication will improve and the way people communicate with you will improve and as you practice these little skills it gets easier and the anxiety lessens if you have a powerful story about how you were able to stay in your heart of peace when you were communicating something difficult or if somebody came to you and you stayed in a heart of peace, even though they were not in a place of peace. I would love to hear your story. I hope you'll reach out and share it with me. In the meantime, I wish all of you an anxiety-free and a gratitude-filled day.